you tonight. If you have God's Word, if you'll turn with me to Isaiah chapter 26. Isaiah chapter 26. In the prophets, as you read through uh, these prophets, one thing you'll notice is there was a lot of false prophets that were promising peace, peace, when there was not going to be any peace. They were, protect, they were promising there would be peace from war. There would not be anybody attacking them. And God's prophets kept saying, God is going to bring judgment on you for your unfaithfulness. And they weren't listening. And in the midst of that, God has a message for His people. And this message found in Isaiah chapter 26, beginning in verse 3. This is what God says, or what Isaiah says. You keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord God is an everlasting rock. For he has humbled the inhabitants of the height of the lofty city. He lays it low and lays it low to the ground and casts it to the dust. The foot tramples it, the feet of the poor, the steps of the needy. The path of the righteous is level. You make level the way of the righteous in the paths of your judgment. O Lord, we wait for you. Your name and your remembrance are the desire of our soul. My soul yearns for you in the night, and my spirit within me earnestly seeks you. Great words, aren't they? Let's pause for a word of prayer. Father, we come humbly before you. And Lord, we confess that we need you to speak to our hearts tonight. Lord, you alone, through the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, teaches us what we need to know. And so, Father, I pray that you would speak to each heart tonight and that, Father, you would grant us your perfect peace. And, Father, I pray that and I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. The story is told about an old farmer who year after year was plowing around this really big rock that was in his field. Uh, he broke two or three plowshares and he broke uh, one cultivator because of that rock. And every year he grumbled even louder and, and more vehemently. He, he kept complaining over and over and over again. Finally, one day he'd had enough of that rock. He thought it was going to be this great big huge boulder that was underneath the surface of the, the ground. And so he got a crowbar and he went out there and he started digging. And it didn't take him but just a few minutes to realize that that rock was only about an inch or two thick. And within just a matter of minutes, he dug that rock up and moved it out of his way, put it in the back of his, his uh, wagon and hauled it off and Smile to himself to think how much frustration that one small little bitty rock had caused him. We too, don't we, get frustrated sometimes about the things in our lives. Some of those things are important, but other things that we are frustrated about are insignificant. Isaiah is talking about the kind of peace that we can experience, not in the absence of war, not in the absence of problems, but the perfect peace that we can have in the midst of the storm. I don't remember where I saw it, but I saw a painting one time of uh, 
of peace. The, I think the, the title of the name of this painting was actually called Peace. And what it was, it was a picture of a bird that was up in an alcove on the edge of a cliff. And the winds were raging around him and the storm was, the seas were tossed all around. And right here in the midst of that little rock, you see this bird and he's not got a care in the world. He's being taken care of. Guys, that's the kind of peace that God wants to give us today. He wants to give us peace, not the absence of storms. But he wants us to have peace even in the middle of the storms. This passage of scripture where he says, uh, you keep him in perfect peace. The, word, the words that are actually used there are shalom, shalom. Uh, and when Hebrew repeats something, it's for great emphasis. And so what the writer is trying to tell us is that God's peace is a real kind of peace. It's not a peace that's here today and gone tomorrow. It's the peace that lasts throughout our lives. It is the peace that only God can grant to His children. So how do we get it? How do we get this perfect peace? Well, first of all, He tells us in this passage, in verse 4, We are to trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. Forever He is faithful, as Adam saying. Forever He is God. We have a rock. We have an everlasting God. We are to trust in the Lord because He is the rock eternal. He is the only sure foundation in the midst of the storms of life. Listen to what David wrote in Psalm 62. He said, For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence. For my hope is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory, my mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in Him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before Him, for God is a refuge for us. Guys, God is a mighty rock. I think I've shared with you all before about being in Costa Rica on Easter Sunday morning in 1990, and we had a 6.8 earthquake. Now that It lasted for about 45 seconds, and for 45 seconds, you could not find any piece of stable ground anywhere around you. I was holding one of our daughters in the door frame of the front door, and Lisa was holding the other daughter in her arms at the back door because we were always told if the house collapses, you jump out. If the power lines fall, you jump in. And because there's just nothing stable. But I want you to understand, in the middle of the earthquake, there's one solid foundation. It is the Lord God. God is a stable foundation in the midst of the storm of life. God is the only one constant in the universe. He never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do you know that frustration that you're going to experience tomorrow? Do you know God's already there? God is above time. God lives in the past, present, and future equally as well. God's already there before you get there. He knows what you're going to need. He knows how to provide what you need. God is a refuge for His people. He never changes. 
Bible tells us that God's in this process of conforming us into the image of Christ. And He wants us to understand the best possible life we can live is found in living in a relationship with God. I like what Isaiah says over in chapter 30, verse 15. In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. Guys, the way you and I have peace, perfect peace, even in the midst of the storm, like that little bird that was sheltered from the raging seas and the raging winds, the only way that you and I can have that kind of peace is by trusting in God. We need to trust in Him. Matthew Henry, old time, wrote a commentary on the Scriptures a long, long time ago, back in the 1800s, I think. Uh, but he, he hits the nail on the head. Let me read what he says about this passage. He says this, It is the character of every good man that he, and I would say good woman, that's back before they did that, but... In this character of every good man that he trusts in God, puts himself under the guidance and the government and depends upon him that it shall be greatly to his advantage to do so. Those that trust in God must have their minds stayed upon him. They must trust him at all times, under all events, and they must firmly and faithfully adhere to him with an entire satisfaction in him and such those who do so will keep in perpetual, God will keep in perpetual peace, and that peace shall keep them. Do you know you can have peace today in the midst of all the storms? Would you say we faced a lot of storms over the last year and a half? I think about how much this world has changed just in the last two years, and I, I long for Jesus to come back and make it all right. The Bible talks about creation literally groaning, waiting for the day of its redemption. Well, I'm groaning, waiting for the day of my redemption. You get tired of having to deal with this stuff all the time. I, I was, uh, where was I the other day? I was, oh, I was in a restaurant with my mom. I took her out to lunch, went down and took her out to lunch one day. No, it wasn't my mom, it was Lisa. Lisa and I went to lunch one day. We'd gone to a funeral last week. Uh, one of my best friends in high school's dad passed away. And we went to the funeral, and afterwards we went to get something to eat. And we walked in this restaurant, and this guy had placed an order online, and he came in to get his order. And they told him it would be, when he called in, they told him it would be 20 minutes. Well, it hadn't been 20 minutes yet, and he was just having a conniption fit. I mean, he was being ugly. That's just the only way I know how to... And he was fussing at the server, and the server didn't work in the kitchen. He had, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't his responsibility to have this guy's order ready. He was trying to wait on the customers that were already in the restaurant. But people are just angry today. There's no firm foundation and they don't have any peace in their life. Guys, the only place, if you try to find peace in circumstances, you're going to be uh, greatly disappointed because circumstances will never provide you the peace that your heart really needs. But when you and I trust in the Lord God, when you and I put our trust fully on Him, we don't have to worry, do we? Do we really believe Romans 8, 28? For God causes all things to work together for good to them that love the Lord and are those who are called according to His purpose. Do we really believe that? I'm afraid many of us are like Dudley. Dudley was celebrating his 75th birthday 
Dudley had grown up in this little small town, spent his whole life there, never gone anywhere. On his 75th birthday, there was a guy that lived in that small town that took people up in a plane so that they could see all from up above everything in the city. And so some, some of his friends got him a ticket to fly with this guy, and he got in the plane, and they flew around for about 30 minutes. Uh, and then they landed, and when he landed, his friends asked him, were you scared, Dudley? Well, with some hesitation, he replied, Well, no, but I never put my full weight down. I'm afraid sometimes we're like Dudley. We don't ever put our full weight down on the Lord. Guys, God is trustworthy. As he tells us here, Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord is an everlasting rock. He is the only sure foundation well, I could preach for a long time right there, but let me move on to the next thing that we can do. If we really want to experience the peace that passes all understanding that Jesus promised to us, the second thing that we've got to do is that we've got to learn to walk in God's way. Look what he says here in verses 7 and 8. The path of the righteous is level. You make level the way of the righteous in the path of your judgments. O Lord, we wait for you. Your name and remembrance are the desire of our soul. God wants us to walk in His ways. What that means for us as Christians is He wants us to live like Jesus lived. Jesus not only came and taught us God's truth, but Jesus came and demonstrated for us how we can follow the Lord every day of our life. We need to walk in the way of the Lord. In the olden days up in the Yukon uh, area of Alaska, they would send a man out to clear a path. It was called break trail. They would go out and break trail. And what that meant is they would go out and clear a path so that the dog sleds could get through or so that people could get through. But this person had the responsibility to go out and to clear the path. Guys, Jesus has already broken a trail for us. He goes ahead of us and he plows through the deep waters, He opens up a way. He splits the red, our Red Seas, whatever needs to be split, so that you and I can walk through on dry ground. We need to learn to follow Him because He makes our path smooth. You know what I found in my own life? When I don't listen to God, and when I've just absolutely got to do things my way, you know what happens? I fall flat on my face. Troubles literally overwhelm me. I, I get like Peter sometimes. I take my eyes off Jesus and I put my eyes on the storm. And when that happens, you begin to sink, don't you? That's what happens to us if we don't walk in God's paths. I like, as I've shared with you all a couple of weeks ago uh, on a Wednesday night, I talked about a passage I'm trying to memorize right now. And it talks about, Lord, let your good spirit lead us on level ground. When you and I follow the leadership of the Lord, He leads us on level ground. No matter what kind of storm's going on, no matter what's going on, no matter what kind of earthquake we're experiencing, we can be on level ground if you and I live in trust. Or as Adam sang earlier, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. That's what God wants from us. When we wait upon the Lord, it means we look forward expectantly with hope. Uh, 
Waiting for the Lord must be demonstrated by us when we constantly walk in His ways. In fact, what did Jesus say? If you walk in the Spirit, or Paul said, if you walk in the Spirit, you will do what? You will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. That's simple, isn't it? If you love me, you'll walk in my paths. You'll do what I say do. You'll go the direction. In fact, we need to be so attuned to God's voice that like Isaiah 30, 21 tells us, whether we turn to the right or to the left, we'll hear the voice of God behind us saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. Do you believe that God knows the path you need to walk better than you do? Do you believe that? Guys, if you want to experience perfect peace in your heart, you've got to learn to walk in God's paths. You've got to learn to live after Jesus' example. As I used to tell my girls as they were growing up, the best possible life you can ever live is a life lived in obedience to the voice of God's Holy Spirit in your life. In obedience to God's Word because God's Holy Spirit's never going to contradict what is in God's Word. Thirdly, the third thing we can do if we're going to have perfect peace is we need to yearn for the Lord. Oh, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, our hearts ought to be yearning for God, more and more of God every day. I don't know how you are, but with the mess we're in right now, I just want more and more of God. I find my quiet times are getting longer. My prayer time is getting longer. I just feel like I need that in my life. We need to yearn for the Lord. We need to remember His faithfulness to us. We need to remember His promises, His exceedingly precious promises. We need to remember that He never changes. We need to focus on His renown. Think about all the marvelous things that God has done to deliver His people in the moment of their trouble. I think about when they left Egypt. I think about God pretty much decimating all of Egypt so that they literally were sent away with spoils. The Egyptians said, here, take everything you want. Just please get out of here and go. When the Egyptian army decided to pursue, what did God do? He split the ocean. He split the sea open. And they were able to go through on dry ground. And when the Egyptian army tried to follow him, God brought the waters back again. And the Egyptian army drowned, every one of them. God can make a way where there is no way. And our soul ought to yearn every day more and more. Jesus promised us the peace that passes all understanding. Our fervent and sincere desire ought to be to know more about God, to seek His face, to know Him more. I think about David who wrote over in the Psalms, As the deer pants for the streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, the living God. You ever have been thirsty before? I remember when I played football back in high school. We had two-a-day football practices in August. And we played on that field so much that it was nothing but a dry powder keg. And back then, they didn't know any better. They know better now they'll let you drink something. But back when I played football, they wouldn't let you have a drink of anything. They would give you a ball of ice, and you could suck on that ice. And all that did was make you more thirsty than you already were before. But by the time you got finished with practice, you had dirt up in your sinuses, you had dirt up in your teeth, you had dirt everywhere. It was dust everywhere. And you literally were parched. 
And I watched guys come in from practice and literally lay down outside the door, turn the water faucet on and just lay there and let the water go in their mouth because they were so thirsty from not having anything to drink. Have you ever been like that? Have you ever been like that spiritually? Do you thirst for God? Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. That's a promise from God, guys. He didn't say you might be filled. He said you shall be filled. If you and I want to experience peace in the midst of the storms that we're facing today, we must yearn to be closer to God. We must yearn to have God be closer to us. The Bible says if we'll draw near to Him, He will draw near to us. I don't know about you, but I want to yearn for God like that. I want to yearn for God more and more and more every day. I've been walking with God since I was 10 years old. I'm 62 now. It's a long time. But I, I find myself desiring more and more of God every day. A number of years ago, Boris Becker, great tennis star. Y'all might remember that from a number of years back. Uh, he was one of the best tennis players in the world. He won a bunch of matches. Yet he almost committed suicide. When a reporter asked him why, he said this, I have no peace. I have, here's a guy that is a multi-millionaire. He's won so many tournaments. He's probably the richest tennis player on the planet at the time because of all the tournaments he'd won. And yet he said, I have no peace. I know some people in this world who would give everything they own for just one night of peace in their life. But you want to also know they're only going to find that peace in one person. And I know him. He's the Lord Jesus Christ. And you and I can have perfect peace. Jesus said, these words I've written to you go to John, the last verse of John chapter 16. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. He's about to go back. He's about to go to the cross. He's about to leave them. And he told them, he said, well, I'll tell you what, let me just flip over there. Look, if you got, you got your Bible, you need to mark this verse anyway. Turn over to John chapter 16 if you got your Bible with you. Let me just read this verse so that I don't misquote it. In John 16, verse 33, this is what he said. I have said these things to you. He's been teaching them for several chapters now. He said, I have said these things to you that you may that in me you may have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Do you have that kind of peace today? Have you allowed the current situation in this world to rob you of the peace that God has promised to give you? You can have God's peace when you trust in the Lord, when you walk in the Lord, and when you yearn for Him more than you yearn for anything else in your life. I don't know about you, but that's a great recipe, isn't it? Wouldn't you like to experience that kind of peace in your heart and in your life? As we yearn for the Lord and as we do what it says here and we experience that perfect peace, we might just find like that farmer, our problems are not near as big 
as we think they are. Because we have a great God who can meet us at our point of need. And He can cause all things to work together for our good. Isn't that a great promise from the Lord? Let's go to Him in prayer. Father, how thankful we are that You grant to Your children peace. Lord, forgive us when we oftentimes are like Peter. We take our eyes off of You and we put them on the storm. And we begin to sink, Lord, and we have to cry out to you for help. Lord, I pray that you would help us, even in the midst of the storm, to keep focused on you, to keep focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that we might experience that perfect peace that comes only from a relationship, an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for the peace that you grant us, even in the midst of the storms of life. And Lord, I pray as we leave this place tonight that that peace would be the focus of our life this week, that we might seek to be at peace with you and experience the peace in our soul that only you can give. And Father, I pray that and I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.